Well, Julia, all I could think on nights like tonight, especially as this game kept progressing, it uh, quickly became one of those remember where you were when type of nights. The kind of thing we, we probably will be talking about. People will be referencing it and where they were when they were watching it and so on for probably the next 10 years. Honestly, may, maybe even more. Officially, the biggest win in club history, breaking the franchise record for most runs scored in a game, a record that had stood since 1978 against the Orioles. Uh, back then, John Mayberry leading the way with seven runs. And tonight, the Blue Jays, whatever word you want to use, canning, crushing, smoking, smashing, shellacking, whatever word you want to use, it's fair game tonight as the Blue Jays beat the Boston Red Sox by a final score of 28-5. to uh, They're going to have some chowder tonight in celebration in Boston, I think, Julia. What a, what a ridiculous win. Can you come up with a synonym for every single run the Blue Jays scored? <laughs> Uh, I what I will remember more than anything show is when Teoscar Hernandez homered in the fourth inning mm-hmm. and we were still the <laughs> the lead still started with a one at that point and I texted you on my way here from the subway saying oh my I feel like we're gonna have some fun <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have some fun tonight little did I know that things would uh, escalate to this point absolutely a, a truly remarkable win one that we have quite literally never seen before the Blue Jays beating the Red Sox 28 to five a record at Fenway 27 runs at Fenway last coming in 1923 so a record that has stood for almost a hundred years being broken by the Blue Jays tonight as we welcome you to Jays talk show Ali Julia Kreutz with you for the next little while Uh, you know Julia someone actually tweeted at me you and I tweet during the games and so on someone had someone tweeted at me don't you kind of feel bad for the Red Sox after a certain point? And to that, I will simply say to sir, you, sir, or madam, no. The answer is uh, no. No, I do not. Not one bit. Do I feel bad for the Red Sox, their fans? That might be like a, the biggest homer take in the world. But you know what? My answer is no. I have zero sympathy you will find for me for any AL East opponents, lead the least of which the Boston Red Sox. I will say this. I... I do feel sorry for one person okay. at that ballpark, and that is the poor guy who proposed to his girlfriend. No, really, on the big the big board <laughs> when the game I think it was like twenty three at that point. Wow! So I feel bad for that guy because he arranged the whole thing. You can't really go back on it. You know what I mean? You can't just uh, I don't know call someone and be like uh, call the whole thing off. Let's try again <laughs> tomorrow. So I feel bad for him, and uh, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Fair. I think that I, I almost feel like it's it's kind of interesting on the other half to be able to say, hey, we got we got uh, engaged at uh, a, a historic event, something. And I mean, again, there were there were some Bronx cheers for the Reds from Red Sox fans as um, almost after every half inning, it felt like. And I got to say, when hearing Sweet Caroline echo through Fenway Park after being down by, what, like 20 runs or whatever it was at that point, I got to say that I, I kind of like laughed and then like stopped myself from laughing because that it just it almost felt like a morbid version, a relentlessly morbid version of Sweet Caroline, which is a song we, we constantly discuss when it comes to Boston. But my goodness, uh, the uh, you can also give us a call as well tonight. 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 the numbers to call star 590 on your cell phone you can also text us as well 590 590 leave your name and location i see a couple texts here um i had seen i also I, on the broadcast on the on the tele, telecast uh there was a sign right behind home plate julia it said kids eat free when red Sox win so something tells me the uh, children of boston will not be eating oh, free no. tonight no oh no <laughs> 
that's that's sad on another level. First time in franchise history also that the three Blue Jays had uh, five or more RBI in the same game. Tapia Jansen and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Lourdes, by the way, collecting six hits, six hits. The only other Blue Jay to have six hits in a single game. Frank Catalanato, as uh, Ben Wagner mentioned during the broadcast. But uh, just you can there are so many ways you can go in this one. Tons of statistics, history being made both at Fenway for the Blue Jays franchise records. Absolutely remarkable. So we want you to text us at 590-590 and give us a call on the phone lines. Let's get to the phone lines. 416-870-0591-888-666-0590. Star 590 on your cellular device. Eddie in Fort Erie. Uh, welcome to Jay's Talk, my friend. Thanks for calling in. Uh, what are your thoughts on a historic win, 28-5, to for the Blue Jays over the Red Sox? I don't know. I'm, I'm such a supporter of uh, Tapia. He's just been... I don't know. He's he's unreal. His speed on the base paths is something this team hasn't seen. That uh, I don't know. Probably probably since the uh, early nineties, I'd say. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for the call, man. I um, you know, you know, look at uh, hey, Julia, Raymond Tapia for Juan Soto. Who says no? Who says who says no? Yeah, I got I got a tweet actually because. You know, I mentioned that he is a uh, fifty-five, almost a six, fifty-six percent ground ball hitter in his career so it's pretty that adds to the whole fable of the inside the park grand slam at Fenway Park and someone uh, replied to me saying yeah he'll be the headliner for the for the Juan Soto trade so (laughs) so those wheels are already in motion and a hundred percent you see his improvement too you know from the from the time that he got here till now his fly ball rate is increasing he's working on his launch angle and that speed just just does not go away he has certainly been a pleasant surprise when when the blue jays traded for him they sent randall gritchick to colorado no one was really sure what to expect this is a guy that has grounded out a lot in his career but he's bought into the approach here he has improved and uh, he's reaping the rewards of that right now. Absolutely, he is. Absolutely, yeah. Raymond Tapia has been nothing short of phenomenal. I, I Certainly heating up in the last uh, couple of, I don't know what, last month, let's say, For right? Sure. And he has, he has performed very, very well. Certainly, I think he is going to be a player come the playoffs. I have no doubt the Blue Jays are making the playoffs. Um, I, I don't, will it be as the first wild card? Will it be as the second wild card, third? Who knows? But... I uh, I do think they're making the playoffs, and whenever that does happen, Raymond Tapia is going to be. I honestly think he is going to be a huge part of whatever wins the Blue Jays string together. Uh, it's certainly as we go into the rest of July, August, we get into the the latter, the the first week of October, whenever the season does end. But Tapia leading things off. Why, why don't we briefly talk about the inside the park grand slam, Julia? Because I I have honestly never seen that before. When you drink everything in about that play, right? The cam- camera angle on television showed Duran looking absolutely lost. And okay, sure. You know what? That happens. Sometimes you lose the ball in the lights. It's unfortunate. It happens. But then he basically does nothing after the ball lands in the outfield. I think it was Verdugo. He comes streaking in off the left side of the screen, grabs the ball. Tapia too. I mean he was essentially walking up the first baseline because he clearly did not think, I think he thought he had a pop-up or something like that. And he, he dejectedly walks up the first baseline, sees the ball land. And then I think it's an impressive how fast he is. He, the, he was not running. And then he turns on the jets rounds third 
and comes slides into home base, home plate for the for the inside the park grand slam. Honestly, a ridiculous play. And by any way you slice it, but what on earth was Jaron Durant doing on that play? Like even if it fell and he couldn't see it, like for to not even run towards the ball, that's something you see on my softball team, not in the major leagues. Yeah, that was uh it was a, a, a weird display there, that lack of of hustle, I guess, uh, from a young player too. This is only his second year in the league, in, in, in the major leagues. That's not what you want from your center fielder. And then he came up the next at bat and immediately struck out. I know he ended the game with a double, but it was just a, not a good night for, for Duran. And when you're talking about a team that maybe will be a buyer, maybe will be a seller in the Red Sox in the second half of the season, and this uh, this narrative has followed them through the All Star um, break and through and through this moment, that's not the effort that you want to see from your players, right? This this team is still uh, on the brink of of not being a contender. I think that to tonight's game really tipped the scales there. I I would be shocked if if the Red Sox were still. <laughs> We're still um, sellers or, or even entertaining that idea after something like this. But you never know, right? Uh, but definitely not the level of effort that you would expect from a Red Sox center fielder playing at Fenway Park immediately after the All-Star break. There are so many layers to this. It is <laughs> unbelievable. And on the Rymel Tapia speed, again, like you said, it's really incredible that he wasn't going full throttle to first base. And he still managed to to come in safely easily. I know that he slid in, but he could have scored standing up, to be honest with you, at that point. I think that some people had texted in about why wouldn't that have been scored an error? I think on I, I believe without looking at the rule books, I, I would have to go read the exact terminology, but I believe it would only it, it's not scored an error because the uh the lights and so on of the stadium are view are, are classified as like extraneous elements so that it's not it's like it, it doesn't count as an error because it wasn't wasn't really something that like it was something he could control essentially, right? So I, I, I think that was that's kinda how I've understood why that would not be called an error, even though clearly Jaron Duran clearly had no idea where the ball was and it it wasn't like it wasn't like it came down and it glanced off his glove the ball landed like eight feet behind him it looked like yeah he was nowhere near catching that ball it's um the the rules can be a little awkward at times for sure but uh the rules are there for sort of a catch-all uh scenario and then something like this happens and it's like what do we know, right? How are you going to score that? Uh, it's true what they say. You never know where you're going to see at the ballpark. And so the rule book, unfortunately, can't uh, give us all the answers. <laughs> yeah, look, tomorrow, if tomorrow's game ended up being a one nothing Blue Jays win, I don't think any... The, the way baseball goes, I don't think anyone would be that surprised. Alec Manoa goes nine shutout. They win eight one nothing. I don't think anyone would be uh, all that surprised. Okay, let's go back to the phone lines. 416-870-0591, 590 star 590 on your cell. Again, you can text us at 590-590. Callum calling in from Scarborough. You want to talk about the Blue Jays getting a bit of a boost after coming off the All-Star break? For sure. So uh, a couple things to say. Uh, the first thing, uh, nothing uh, but respect to the fans in uh, Boston at Fenway tonight. Uh, you know, being down by 20 runs and maybe the fifth inning. And, uh, you know, nobody filtered out of the ball uh, out of the ballpark. So strong showing by them. Uh, secondly, Fast Eddie from uh, Fort Erie 
yeah, Tapia, he's bringing that goodness Sequa to the lineup and, uh, you know, really filling some gaps we've had over the years. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, what a start coming out of the All-Star break. This is exactly what we needed. Hopefully we have momentum tomorrow and, uh, you know, we can sweep the series and uh, position ourselves well for a run. So that's all I have. I'll be short and sweet. And uh, let's go, Jays. Absolutely, Callum. Thanks for the call. Welcome to Jays Talk as well. I, uh, first of all, Julie, I just want to say Callum is a, is, a, is a much better person than I am for giving props to the Red Sox fans. Uh, he's not wrong. Well, he's yeah. not wrong for the people who stuck it stuck it out. Good for them. But uh, at yeah. the same time, uh, no, no sympathy for me. Because honestly, yeah. as a fan, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have left, depending right. on how much I paid for my ticket. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, it's a frustrating situation to be in. So for sure, they do deserve some credit there. I, uh, I do like Callum's point about the All-Star break giving them a, a bit of juice. Certainly, I mean, not not every, some, some teams have to lose coming off the All-Star break, right? Like someone's going to lose a ball game coming off of off of not playing for a while. But at the same time, the Blue Jays looked locked in. I mean, they they were manufacturing. People often ask and text in about why, why are the Blue Jays swinging out of their shoes? Why are they constantly going for the long ball? I feel like I saw that a lot less tonight. Tonight, I feel like I didn't see that too, too much. Like certainly once things just got out of hand, it, it continually started to, you know, it's, it, the snowball was really rolling downhill at a, at a crazy pace. But I, uh, you know, you look at, and, and certainly you gotta, you gotta give some, some, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's credit necessarily, but a lot of it happened with two outs and a lot of it happened because of some Red Sox blunders. I mean, there was that play where I, I forget if it was Chapman with on the ball that fell right, right in front of the mound. And I think it was Ploiecki. They're kind of like, you get it, you get it. No, you get it. And it falls right in front of him and a score, uh, a run scores from third on the play. And then it just continues after that. That one, I must say, I was surprised it was not scored as an error. Right. That went down as an infield hit for for Chapman as far as I know maybe they changed the score but right away it was an infield hit for for Chapman that one surprised me a lot more actually than the inside the park home run well it's it's wild right because it was a pop-up to I believe the pitcher's name is Ort Caleb Ort which is uh, also a fantastic name Uh, but after that you got runs from Jansen Tapia again Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bo Bichette Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. What was it? 16 batters came to the plate in that inning. That is truly absurd, no matter how you slice it. But at the same time, just if they catch that pop-up, they probably still lose, but they probably still only lose by 10 runs instead of however many <laughs> it ends up being. I mean, I just, I, I think I have to say, I really appreciate the Blue Jays seemingly slowing things down because a lot of the, like we're talking about, a lot of those runs came with two outs. It just, it felt like they were, you know, to, to borrow a Barkerism, they were staying within themselves and the, and it, it, the results came through at the plate tonight. With the exception of when Yolmer Sanchez was at the, was a, was on the mound. <laughs> yes. And then Santiago Espinal was just swinging at everything and, and, and laughing about it too, which was hilarious to me. But 100% uh, stuck with their approach. Right, it all started with Nate Yavaldi. Can you believe that Nate Yavaldi started this game? It was yeah. so long ago, but that's exactly it, right? Yavaldi is a strike thrower. That's that's what he's known for. He throws strikes. Therefore, Blue Jays came out swinging at first pitches a lot, a lot more than they usually do. Even maybe with the exception of Bo Bichette, but that's that's where Bichette lives, right? And that's why he had um, a couple of the first RBIs in this game. Uh, so when you know your matchup, when you know what your approach is, what you're trying to do at the plate, good things happen. And then maybe it was the all-star boost. Maybe it was the, the, a little bit of rest that they got. 
maybe it's simply, you know, trying to to reset and, and understand what your potential is as a group. Um, it started with good strategy and good approach, and it ended historically, as we saw. 27 runs scored against the Red Sox by the Yankees in the last two games prior to the All-Star break, and then 28 runs scored today in a single game. I believe the major league record for most runs in a game, I believe it is 30, which was uh, tallied back in 2007. I want to say the Rangers were one of those teams. I forget who the other team was, but yeah, that was back in 2007, 2006, 2007, and uh, 30. So the Blue Jays just coming, coming just short of a major league record, but setting a franchise record for most runs in a game. Uh, let's go to the text line, 590-590. Name and location, please. Uh, Greg and Barry, I thought it was a wild game at 10 nothing, but I did not expect that. I hope they saved a few runs for their next few. What a way to come back after the All-Star break. Franchise record, always nice to beat up on the Red Sox. In a baseball audience context, as much as I like to see my team on the right side of a blowout, I prefer a more competitive game. But hey, just to be clear, <laughs> not complaining but walking away with the win, I'll definitely take it. That does actually, Greg's text, Julia, does actually remind me, where where do you fall on position players pitching? Where, like, are you, are, like, do you like position players pitching? I, I have been on the record on Jay's talk before to say that I like position players pitching. I think it's kind of fun. And as long as it, uh, I mean, you know, media-wise doesn't cause our nights to be like, like 10 times longer than they otherwise would be. But I mean, I, I remember we had this conversation with, uh, with listeners, I think it was uh, around Canada Day, when Brett Phillips pitch and, you know, he does the whole thing. He like checks his belt and he, he does the, he walks around the mound, like in angels in the outfield and all, all those kinds of things. Right. I got to say, I think those kinds of things are kind of fun, but I'm, I'm not everyone uh, shares, shares my, uh, my joie de vivre for, uh, for position players pitching. Where do you fall on? It? Hey, Yomer Sanchez was one of the best pitchers of the <laughs> night for the Red Sox legitimately. Um, I think I think it's a good thing. I think it provides us with entertainment moments, which really is what it's all about. But um, as I often say in the elevator when I, you know, run into neighbors and they ask me, who are you rooting for? I say the only thing I root for is for a relatively quick game <laughs> in which we don't have to stay too much past our, our bedtimes. There. So. But I'm still, don't get me wrong, I'm still very glad to be here with you and to not only witness this historic night, but also be able to to talk about it. But, you know, when I go to the ballpark, that's usually what I'm rooting for. Okay, fair enough. We root for stories instead of uh, instead of particular particular players or Beautiful. something. Beautiful. Like that. yeah. That's a great way to put it. I like it. I see uh, Stephen in Williams Lake, B.C. Stephen texts in and asks, uh, at what point does the opposition get upset with the score? Is that a thing? I did notice a few high heaters. That being said, pedal to the metal, I would have gone for 30 or more runs. Hey, absolutely. I, I honestly think, Stephen, I think when Sanchez came in at the end of that game, the Blue Jays were going for 30. They were trying to go for 30. It just so happens that the guys at the plate, it was what, like Zach Collins and Biggio and, and Bradley Zimmer and so on, right? And I mean, they'd already taken their their best hitters out of the game. And I think that also goes to what Stephen is saying when it says, when he asks about when does the opposition get upset? And I mean, when this game was a laugher in the fifth inning, John Schneider must have been thinking, okay, these guys can only get a handful more at bats. Like he, ha- he has to be weighing, letting them play because it's a historic thing. And how, how often are you going to see a team score 28 runs in a single game? If ever. Right. So you got you got to weigh keeping your guys in the game versus not wanting any one of the Red Sox pitchers to get mad and throw at the head of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Or And I mean, you'd like to think that players would be beyond that, but I mean, they're only human, right? So I think I think it was a good thing they took them out, but 
I would also like to have seen all the best guys <laughs> in there just just for the numbers sake. But ultimately, you take the 28-5 win and you, you move on. Yeah, and this uh, it, it falls under the category of discussions like if a guy carries the, the a perfect game into the ninth, but he's hit his pitch count, do you let him go the distance or do you take him out? And, and then strategy and analytics uh, go against maybe the entertainment side of it and the and the fan side of it. Uh, it's understandable. Both sides, I believe, are understandable. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about a long season like MLB is, and you know when you have two more games in this series, when you have important series against the Cardinals coming up and a, a winnable series on paper against the Tigers, you have to prepare for beyond what is uh, what is in front of you, right? And and absolutely, it would have been great to to see these guys make a little bit more history than they did. Uh, but as a manager, you have to think of the long term. So, yeah, I mean, it's understandable. But I also understand, you know, it, if there is frustration among Blue Jays fans of why did I not get to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. have three more at-bats, I, I, I obviously understand that, too. Uh, let's take a quick break, Julia. When we come back, we will get back to the text line, 590-590, name and location. We'll also go back to the phone lines on the other side of the break. So if you're holding, please stay on the line. We'll get you at 416-870-0591, triple triple six zero five ninety star 590 are the numbers to call. Blue Jays with a historic win over the Boston Red Sox, 28-5. to The Blue Jays crushing Boston tonight at Fenway. Show and Julia will be back after this. In 1978, the Blue Jays against the Orioles scored 24 runs on 24 hits. Only two home runs. 1-2. Bob shot out to deep center field. Durant going back. That ball's going to carry. It's going to go over the center fielder's head. And the Blue Jays are going to have a new franchise record. Two runs are in as Bichette scores. Hernandez right behind him. A two-run double for Lourdes Scoriel Jr. And there's a new mark in the franchise record books. The Blue Jays have scored 25 runs at Fenway Park. And it didn't stop there, Ben Wagner. 28-5 was the final score. The Blue Jays absolutely crushing the Boston Red Sox. They uh, No mercy. No mercy. It was a Cobra Kai type of night, Julia, for, for the Blue Jays. 28-5, the win for the Jays over the Red Sox. Show and Julia here with you until 55 past the hour. Uh, we'll get back to the text line, 590-590, name and location, and the phone lines in a short second. But first, the Bet365 standings update with Bet365. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. If we look at the standings here, so the Yankees game is done. They played the Orioles tonight. The Rays game is not finished. They're playing the Royals, but the Rays are up, I believe, by four runs over the KC Royals. So if the Royals come back against the Rays, I think there's a a deeper conversation to be had by Tampa Bay, but let's just assume Tampa wins. Uh, Yankees are now 65 and 30. With a win, the Rays would be 52 and 41. The Jays are 51 and 43. Uh, right now so I believe if the Rays win the Jays will still be a game and a half back of Tampa Boston with the loss 48 and 46 and the Baltimore Orioles with the loss to the Yankees 46 and 47 on the year but uh, 
Yeah, the, I mean, look, the, the AL wildcard race is going to be jammed up all season long. I mean, the Orioles went on a massive winning streak right before the All-Star break. The Mariners just consistently keep on winning somehow, some way the Mariners keep on winning. They're just ahead of the Blue Jays, I think, in the wildcard race. I believe right now, Julia, it's Rays, Jay, Rays Mariners, Jays, I believe is how it, it ends uh, right in the second. But I mean, that is, of course going to be subject to change the rest of the year it seems a toss-up now if you if at the beginning of the year we would have said you know something along the lines of uh, it's the the mariners and the orioles and <laughs> maybe the red Sox, <laughs> that would have been a pretty unbelievable thing to say but here we are absolutely yeah again the uh the the standing is going to be bunched up all season long and uh, for the Yankees, too, Jamison Tyone only going two and two-thirds. Uh, he had to leave the game. Michael King also leaving the game mid-AB. I'm not sure what happened to King, but he has been one of their more reliable relievers all season long. So I, I think it's... I'm not saying the Yankees are going to crumble by any means, but I feel like every year, every team post the All-Star break has to have conversations about workloads and how 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 they how do they manage their... Uh, you know, how they manage their their bullpen and the starting rotation and when guys get days off and so on. And the Red Sox are going to be in the middle of what, like 15 or 16 straight games, not right. including tonight. And the Yankees are the same way. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, again, the, the, the Jays are 13 and a half games back of the division lead right now. But, hey, it's still a long, it's a long season. I'll say that, Julia. It is. Uh, it's tough to see a guy like Michael King uh, go down like that. Um MLB.com's Brian Hoke reporting after the game here that uh, Jameson Tyon said that the clubhouse was pretty somber oh. despite the despite oh. the win. Uh, so it seems to be a serious one for 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 Michael King, and you you never wish to see that for from any player on any team, right? So, but uh, yeah, I mean that's definitely going to be a tough blow for that for that bullpen. Uh, but the depth of that bullpen is also has also been uh, a strength for for the Yankees. They'll feel it. It's just hard to really gauge how much they are going to feel it because they have so many impressive arms out of that um, pen, something that the Blue Jays will most likely try to match or address in some ways uh, at the August 2nd uh, trade deadline. Yeah, attrition always sets in, right? I mean, it sets in for, not, it's not just a baseball thing. It sets in across every sport in, in the entire world, by the time you get to the playoffs, more, more often than not, it's just wh- which team has, can be a the hottest and the healthiest come the playoffs. So, hey, we'll see again. A lot of baseball left again. The season going on till I think what the end of the first week um, of October. OK, let's go back to the, the, the phone lines. 416-870-0591-888-666-0590. Star 590 on your cell. James calling in from Toronto. You want to talk about another big win for the Blue Jays over the Red Sox. Hey, how's it going? Yes, I do. Uh, and I want to say, show I, I echo something that you said earlier, which is that you feel no sympathy for the Red Sox whatsoever. You <laughs> feel like no it. sympathy for their fans. And I think that's, that's exactly the way we ought to feel. You know, uh, to paraphrase Yogi Berra, at least 50% of the game is mental, right? And I hope this is a loss that stays with the Red Sox for the rest of the season or for seasons beyond. I hope that they are dispirited by this. I hope that, you know, it's not enough that the Jays win. The Red Sox have to lose. They need to lose a lot of games this year. We need our division uh, rivals to lose a lot of games. And this is the kind of game that could be a turning point for that. You know, obviously the Red Sox had two terrible games before the uh, all-star break as well. But this is the kind of thing that I, I can't imagine as a baseball player, you get over this quickly. And I know that that's their job, that they have to, you know, put the last plate appearance behind them, put the last uh, pitch that they threw behind them. But I hope they can't, you know, this is an incredibly historic loss. It's the most runs they've ever given up. 
I, I hope that they, they, you know, have to have a players only meeting in a few days about this because of how sad they are about the fact that they gave up so many runs to blue Jays. You know, we need to capitalize on this sort of thing and just crush your enemies. You need to not just beat them. I don't want a two, one victory. I want to put 20 up every night. That's what you want to watch as a sports fan. That's what you want to see from your opponents. You want to see them just get their souls crushed into dust. And that's what the Blue Jays did tonight. Uh, it was great to watch, great to see. And, you know, things like, like losing the fly ball in center field. Like, I, I hope that guy never recovers from that. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure he's a human being. And I'm sure he's a perfectly fine person. But as far as I care, he's a guy who plays against the Blue Jays on occasion. And I hope that stays with him for the rest of his life. And he never recovers from it. And, and you know, every time Raymond Tapia comes to the plate against him again, he, uh, you know, he defecates a little bit because of his fear. So <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I think it's great the way the Jays hit tonight. And I hope they keep doing it tomorrow. Thank you, James, for that reading of the art of war live on the fan. <laughs> Gosh, that was some. That, James wants to like salt the earth after a loss at Fenway. You know, you're leaving the the burrows outside of Boston. <laughs> Make sure nothing ever grows around Fenway Park ever again. That's the beauty of oh, fandom, man. though. You know what I mean? And and I love that we get to to talk to callers and talk to fans because. There is a lot to talk about, and I think that every opinion is valid here, show. The, the, sure. You know, the, the caller who says we should give props to Red Sox fans for sticking around, that's a, that's a great point. And then the passionate caller that says that <laughs> he hopes the, they lose by 20 runs every night, that's also super valid. Right. So thank you so much for your calls. Keep them coming. <laughs> I, I, uh, James, I'm not sure who was with you, but I heard in the background after he, he made his point, I heard like the woo, you know what? Good. Good for you, sir. And or madam. I, I appreciate the zeal. That was that's terrific. I James James would sounds like he's the kind of person who would be happy if after a loss like this and a players only meeting Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers walk into the clubhouse and say, Alex Cora, trade us, trade us today. Send us literally anywhere but Boston. And you know what? I, I think uh, most Blue Jays fans would be complete. Uh, you know what? I think most fans of every team in the American League, actually, not just the American League East, not just Blue Jays, but every team in the AL would probably be okay if Bogarts and or Devers were not playing for the Red Sox anymore. Yeah, I mean, that becomes a question, doesn't it? Uh, these are cornerstones of this franchise. What do you do with them if the Red Sox decide to sell at the trade deadline? Right. That will be one of the most interesting storylines, I believe, to follow in the coming week or so. But, you know, James also has a point. It's uh, the thing that you hear a lot in a major league clubhouse after a loss like this is turn the page, turn the page on to the next one. Now, I don't believe that it's that simple with a loss of this magnitude. I honestly don't believe that it is that simple. I understand that mental stamina is part of what makes a good professional sports person in any sport in any capacity but when you get crushed like this in front of your home fans and you hear the booing and you know it's it is dejecting in 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 many ways so it will be interesting to see how the Red Sox come out tomorrow especially in facing Alec Manoa who has been just terrific for the Blue Jays. Can I just say real quick on Alec Manoa? Because we'll probably spend more time talking about Manoa. Uh, we haven't spoken about Kevin Gossman yet, and I want to get to that shortly here, Julia. But um, we're, we'll, we'll talk more about, more about Manoa on the pregame show tomorrow, on Jay's Talk tomorrow, no matter what happens, because he's a star. Probably, I feel comfortable using the word ace with Manoa. But did you see 
the uh, the All Star stuff when he was mic'd up at the All Star game and he was having the conversation with John Smoltz of all people about trying to throw a like about what pitches to throw and and he's on the mound and he throws a pitch and he's like yeah let's go baby and he runs off the mound about talking about well one heck of a bullpen appearance and all sorts of things he he I gotta say I think Blue Jays fans have already uh, endeared themselves, or he has endeared himself to Blue Jays fans, I should say, going back to dominating the Yankees in his first career start at at Yankee Stadium last year. But I think that Manoa uh, appearance during the All-Star game, I I dare say has cemented him as a star, not just to the Blue Jays fans, but maybe to all of baseball. Because how often do you get a platform like being mic'd up while you're pitching in the middle of the All-Star game? I couldn't agree more. I think that Blue Jays fans have come to know and love Alec Manoa. And that all-star game was sort of his introduction to the rest of the league and uh, every fan base south of the border. It was such uh, an incredible sight to see and to hear him and just how at ease he is uh, with every moment, right? He is the guy that you want in the big moments because he, he seems to be in control of himself a lot more often than not. And that is starting to translate on the mound as well. You know, that all-star appearance was three strikeouts and a hit batter, which is basically the full Manoa experience. It's true. And, uh, but that's, that's just who he is and, and the fact that he keeps going. And he knows exactly exactly who he is on the mound yeah he's a star he he is nothing short of a star and i'm i'm could not be happier that non-blue jays fans got to experience that because blue jays fans i think know how special he is and now now everyone knows uh how special he is as well and uh, alec manoa will be on the mound tomorrow against the red Sox for game two of this three-game series in boston i believe cutter crawford will be heading to the mound for uh, the Red Sox. Okay, let's go back to the text line, Julia, for uh, 590-590. Actually, I see a text here from Jason and Markham. Great win, but the best news today is Bucks return on Tuesday. Second half magic. Great show, guys. And of course, if you missed the news, and uh, Dan Schulman mentioned this on the TV broadcast, Ben Wagner mentioned this on the radio broadcast, but Buck Martinez is making his return to the broadcast booth. He will uh, join everyone on TV I believe it was on Tuesday against the Cardinals. The card because this game, this series against Boston, ends on Sunday. There's a day off on Monday, and then there's a two games, sh- the shorty two game series on uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. So Buck will be in the booth on uh, on Tuesday. Well, a nicest guy, always just the, the most generous guy with his time for everyone across the network. So uh, a very very pleasant piece of news to hear. In addition to a massive win, Buck Martinez coming back on TV. On yeah, Tuesday. that is that is definitely uh, good news. I know that everyone rallied around Buck, and and we really had our hearts with him throughout this whole process. So very, very glad to to hear that he'll be back, and and, and what a way for the Blue Jays to sort of honor that, (laughs) you know, with a a big win. And the same can be said for Mark Budzinski rejoining the team after the the tragic passing of of his daughter. Uh, What a way to return, right, Um, with the fact that he was – he had to step away from the team to be with his family. He was still um, he was still watching games and, and 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 giving insight as to what he thought the best strategies were and whatnot. And to to, to see him come back and, and the Blue Jays put up that kind of a win, it's got to be rewarding um, not only for Budzinski but for the whole squad as well. 
Absolutely, yeah. Mark Budzinski rejoining the team is 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 great to see on television. You can see his kind of comforting presence as he kind of puts a hand on the shoulder of well, tonight every Blue Jay to come to the plate more Pretty much. more or less. So great to see Mark back. Great to hear Buck coming back as well. Um, and I, I'm very much looking forward to hearing some uh, get up balls at the uh, at the ballpark starting on Tuesday. Um, back to the text line five ninety five ninety. Alex from Ton Mills saying, I have to admit, I bet the under. I'm sorry, Alex. I'm I'm so sorry you bet the under. Uh, that's that's tough. That's tough on a night like tonight. I will say I did take Kevin Gossman over five and a half strikeouts. And tonight, Julia, Kevin Gossman had 10 strikeouts. Gossman actually, I, it's crazy to think that his second start back from the ankle injury, the line drive right off the foot, five innings pitched, seven hits, three runs, all of them earned no walks, zero walks, 10 strikeouts. He allowed two home runs, one to Vasquez and one to Bradley Jr. 108 pitches, 71 of them were strikes. It's kind of interesting to think that on a night like tonight, Kevin Gossman's return, well, not return, but his first start after the All-Star break is essentially a footnote, it feels like, after what a what a, an offensive explosion we got to see in here tonight. Yeah, and, uh, you know, two home runs, that's not necessarily what you want, and, and the seven hits sort of made things a little difficult for him, 108 pitches through five innings, not necessarily as dominant as we have seen him, but when you think about the the conditions of it and the fact that it's his second start back from uh, from a little bit of time away due to due to an injury, you know, he had 18 swings and misses today. 14, or sorry, 13 of them were on the splitter. So the stuff was there. Um, maybe the command was a little bit off. And, uh, you know, he was allowing those base hits, especially extra base hits, which is something that he's usually very good at controlling right. and not allowing too too many of. Uh, there were certainly more than what we're used to seeing from him. But again, no walks, right? So even when his command is a little bit off, the velocity was great. Um, he nearly touched 98 with his, uh, with his fastball. It seems like things were working pretty well. And when you see that he only went five innings and threw 108 pitches, that kind of puts things in perspective um, for just how good Gosman can be and what we've gotten used to seeing from him and what he did today, which was still phenomenal. It's really interesting to see Gosman's pitch usage change essentially over the course of the season because at the beginning of the year and I mean he has dominated the Red Sox in particular over the course of the entire season going back to that I think it was the first series in Fenway this year and Gossman just burying the splitter on on basically every Red Sox player and I think he I think he came out for the ninth inning and then it was like the very first pitch was a it was a singular double and then he he was pulled and they they had a pitching change or what have you but Gossman has been very impressive against the Red Sox. And yeah, like 108 pitches in five innings, not what you want. But I think like it's, 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 you take it in a blowout win and he had enough things working that in his second start back from an injury where if he was wearing a different kind of shoe, maybe he'd be done for the year. I think, I think all in all you take it and you think, okay, he is a good enough pitcher and he has the pedigree to show that he is probably going to be better the next time out. I'm not sure how it lines up. It might line up for him to be maybe the either the last game, the, the second game against the Cards, or maybe the first game against the Tigers. But you, you'll see him next week on one of those games. And I'm I'm sur- certain he's going to be a little sharper next time out. That's that's what the greats do, and, and, and that's what he's been doing all season. The, the splitter is there. The fastball is there. The velocity is good. He's not walking anyone, which is something that is, has been so consistent all season. The, the tendency is that he 
becomes more dominant as he gets maybe acclimated uh, to to a couple more starts because you know that injury was he didn't necessarily miss a considerable amount of time but obviously it was still a little painful the first time out and and so there are several different things that you have to do while you're rehabbing something like that that maybe take away from your preparation from your week-to-week preparation the way that you like to do you only have so much time Um, so it all comes down to time management and if you're in pain you're gonna have to do some different things so I'm with you I think that he will come back and he will be sharper than he was today and that's exactly what the Blue Jays need from him. Uh, I really like that one-two punch of Gosman and, uh, and Manoa, Same. which has now sort of uh, become the, the top end of the, the rotation there. I think that it's pretty menacing for opposing teams to realize that if you don't get to Gosman, then you have Manoa the next day. That's got to be pretty scary for uh, for opposing lineups. Yeah, if you if in a three game series and two of those games you get Gosman and Manoa, you got to feel good. If you're a Blue Jays fan, you got to feel good about your chances um, for for any given night. Uh, Julia, we only have a couple minutes left here. We haven't talked too much about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. or Danny Jansen. Gurriel, a six hit night, five runs scored. He, uh, I believe, he is the only the second Blue Jay in history to have six hits. Frank Catalanato, the previous Blue Jay, um, also a great interview. Frank the Cat, uh, but Guriel Jr. five RBI, Danny Jansen six RBI, including smoking a home run, which looked like I think it, if it didn't hit that like green billboard in the monster uh, monster seats, it might still be going. That ball, he crushed that ball. My goodness, Danny Jansen and uh, Lourdes Guriel Jr always great to see Danny Jansen return. And I think, you know, Moreno got sent down prior to the all-star break, but this is what you kind of expected to see from Danny Jansen and the power coming back. And then Lourdes Gurriel Jr. We always talk about how a streaky, how streaky a hitter he can be. But I mean, when he is on, he is on and that the all-star break has not cooled him down one bit, Julia. That was good to see too, because when a guy is on a tear like that, and especially a guy like Lourdes, who we know sort of can get hot and cold and he, maintains himself on that level that's an encouraging sign for the Blue Jays as well and keep in mind that we're talking about bottom of the lineup hitters contributing uh, to this level and then when you look when you look at the top of the lineup you have guys like Vladdy and Bo who are also contributing and obviously they didn't play the whole game but it is it 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 has got to be rewarding and and a good sign for John Schneider to see that sort of production from the bottom of the lineup. And we know that it hasn't always been the case uh, this season. The the Blue Jays really, it took them a bit to get hot at the plate. Um, Weirdly, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, Texas, but uh, I believe that every single starter in the, in the lineup today, every starting hitter for the Blue Jays got an RBI except for Alejandro Kirk, which is not at all what you would expect right. to, uh, <laughs> what you would expect to see. That that's pretty unbelievable, and 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 it really goes to show just the potential of this team. And maybe now is the time to start realizing that potential. Absolutely. Hey, they're going to try and realize this potential again tomorrow against the Red Sox. Uh, Alec Manoa, Cutter Crawford, the mound matchup. Julia, this was fun. We're going to do it again tomorrow. We'll hope for a, a similar result. Let's say. Thank you very much. This was lovely. 
Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack. Links, meat snacks, feed your wild side baseball fans. That's Julia Kreutz. I'm Show Ali. That does it for Jays Talk tonight. Appreciate the calls and texts as always. Jays absolutely crush the Red Sox 28-5. Tomorrow, Alec Manoa goes for Toronto. Cutter Crawford for Boston. Julia and I are back for more Jays Talk tomorrow. First pitch just after 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. Have a great evening, everyone. Enjoy this one. A historic win. We'll talk to you tomorrow.